Let us uh, connect with a guy who is the hardest working man in all of broadcasting. Uh, He doesn't know what a vacation is. They give him special dictionaries that have the word vacation crossed out of it. Uh, Vacation for him is doing five TV and radio shows instead uh, instead of seven and walking three dogs instead of one. New York Times bestselling author, co-host of Fox and Friends, and nationally syndicated radio talk show host, Brian Kilmeade. Brian, good morning. Thanks so much for joining me, as always. Hey, Frank, you should know, man, you never stop working, nor do you sleep like me. So we, our lives will be short but fulfilling. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed they will. All right, Brian, a lot of issues that I want to go over with you. You had a great interview with uh, Congressman Andy Biggs yesterday all about these uh, new Joe Biden documents uh, that were found that were not properly handled. Here was uh, Congressman Biggs on Fox and Friends with you yesterday. Well, I'm, I'm as outraged as my colleagues are. I mean, you look at it and, and you say, when did they know about this? It turns out that we're finding out they knew about this in November. We're not finding out about it until January. Did they know about it prior to the election? Um, and, and is the president, does he feel that he was just as irresponsible as he claimed that President Trump was? I mean, this gets to the whole notion of what is going on with Joe Biden and the Biden White House. And and this is another perfect example of perhaps two-tiered justice, where you send in dozens of uh, agents to raid Mar-a-Lago and go through the First Lady's uh, cupboards and her, and her dresser. But you got Joe Biden, that he's stashing stuff uh, that's right. equal. And that's a problem. That is a huge problem. Brian, how big of a deal do you think this is, not only for the Biden administration itself, but for the uh, legal investigation into the Trump Mar-a-Lago documents? I think it's huge. I don't think you can I don't think you can uh, understate uh, overstate how big this is. I think in many ways it neutralizes the investigation. But the sad thing is they found these documents November 2nd. They saw hypocrisy everywhere. They saw the standard, the double standard they'd be accused of having if they don't do the same thing with Biden. But on November 18th, he rolls out a special prosecutor to look at Trump. And then we have yesterday the second tranche be found, classified documents. We don't know where. We don't know why they're doing their spring cleaning in the dead of winter, why suddenly they have to evacuate these private offices of of uh, of, of, of then vice former Vice President Biden and now President Biden. Why do they have to go look into this now? Why do you send lawyers to clean out a closet? And all of a sudden, find these documents. Why did you report it to the AG and not tell the American public right before the election? Why did the AG not tell everybody? Why did CBS have to break the story the first time and NBC last night? Why was it that CBS was so aggressive yesterday for the first time with the press secretary who thought it was a great idea not to get briefed about anything important before she went out there, Mm. which is a colossal waste of time? I know there's supposedly a I know there's a special prosecutor and supposedly the investigation is in his hands at this point. But ultimately, everything is answerable to uh, Merrick Garland. He's the head of the Justice Department. Doesn't this make it impossible for them to file any sort of criminal charges against Trump for this document situation? Wouldn't just look like selective prosecution? Frank, I I hear you. And the second the second uh, group of documents, which we know so little about at this time, uh, let's say so far, there's 10 that Joe Biden, they say that they were found in Joe Biden's locked closet. I doubt the closet was locked. I don't understand why it was okay for them to sit there for six years and they had to go out last year, uh, last month. Number two, 
is how many classified documents are in the second tranche. Now, Trump had, uh, oh, they said over 100. I don't know. You know, I guess they say over 100. And um, and he did give up some of them. And then he was negotiating to give up the rest. And he said, we're just going to raid them. And they took it. So where was the Biden raid? Where was the, listen, we found some documents. And it's a little slow. You know, in November, we found 10 documents at the highest level of classification. And then we wanted to see, you know what, we don't trust that we're, that is just that locked closet. Was it even locked? Who had access to it? What about China's 30 million that went into the Biden School of Public Policy? Why did that go? What did they get for that? And then you find out that they found a second group. Why is why are they allowed to investigate themselves? Why are the, why are the FBI not involved? And if the FBI doesn't want to do a sensational raid because he's a sitting president, they should be directly involved in saying, you need to point me to every one of his offices and his house, and we need to go through and find out where this stuff is and bring a National Archives person in with you. But this has to, Frank, this has to take the wind out of anybody's sails who thinks his former president should be prosecuted. Know what this means? Reform the process. National Archives, mm. the minute the election happens, the minute it's clear that the, uh, there's going to be a transition, the National Archives comes in with, with uh, Homeland Security, and they go over with weeks. they got a huge staff at the White House, uh, what goes and what stays. And then you have special permission with staffers to say, hey, listen, I'm writing my memoir. I need to take this. Uh, do you mind if I take that, uh, that famous photo with me? Can I get a copy? And that's it. This is, this is a total waste of America's time, but it's so important. But it just shows there's no system in place. And sadly, the presidents and their staffs can't be trusted. And I think there's probably an issue with maybe too many documents being marked classified. We may have a, an overclassification problem uh, to some extent. Hey, speaking of President Biden, yeah. he uh, made a trip to the border for the first time in quite a while. And uh, this is what he said as he visited the Mexican border. This has been the greatest migration in human history. We're trying to make it easier for people to get here, opening up the capacity to get here but not have them go through that god-awful process. The week before that, he also issued a warning to the world saying, don't come here, stay where you are, and go through the process properly. There seems to be a new emphasis, given the fact that there's now a Republican Congress and that the uh, a presidential election is slowly but surely creeping up on us. There seems to be a new emphasis in President Biden's mind on the border issue and border security. Where do you see this going in the coming weeks, months, and years? All right, I'm just, I know everybody listening to us it says Brian's the most naive person in the world. He's idealistic. But that bipartisan group of senators, they went out after the election was done two days ago and came back, and they seem to be saying the same things. I think there might be some serious people who just say this four million, four million in two years is such a breach and is such a concern. I have to put politics aside. And our doddering 80 year old president cannot be looked at to save the day. He has sold out to these left wing immigration groups. He saw it with that mild thing that he announced last week of five nations will have to apply from the nation that they're in and they have to get an app and download. They thought that was inhumane. So that's what the president those are the people the president's listening to. He has to understand the cartels are going to start bleeding over our border. They've already taken over the border. We're going to watch the average person. People are going to see assassinations that are taking place in Mexico here uh, from the drugs to the people. Did you see the story in New York City at the hotel? I'm sure you've been talking about it, Frank. These, these immigration hotels, this beautiful hotel called the NYC Row, 
Uh, I know you know it. It's a famous hotel sure. that's been converted for a migrant home. They're throwing out the free food we gave them. They're trashing their rooms. They're getting drunk, having sex in stairwells. That's the 30,000 people that are here in New York City illegally. That's how they thank us, who are desperate for a fresh start, who are oppressed in their nation. They come to the world's best city. They stay and eat for free. They toss the food, do drugs, and have sex in the halls. Have you ever seen such ungratefulness and we're being played like idiots? And now you're saying we have to have a heart because we want to have a country? We can have both. The other story, and as a Long Islander, I know this will resonate with you, that has gotten nationwide, really international attention, especially in the United States and Brazil, is this uh, situation involving George Santos. Yesterday, all of the Nassau County Republican leadership, pretty much, a lot of the Long Island Republican elected officials, including State Senator Jack Martins, came out and said they want nothing to do with George Santos. It is probably impossible for us to get someone who has no shame to do what is right. But here we stand united in sending a message that until he is removed by one way or another, we will move forward. We will continue to perform our services and our responsibilities as elected officials here in Nassau County. We will continue to represent the residents and citizens of Nassau County, and we will continue to do the people's work. But it will not include Santos. Speaker McCarthy says, look, he was elected and uh, we live in a country where you're innocent until you're proven guilty. You think this Santos story is going to dog him for the remainder of his term? Or do you think he's able to ride this out and uh, just kind of be a regular member of Congress? Uh, (laughs) We've never seen anything like this. No, it's very peculiar. We've seen embellishing of resumes, but there's nothing about him that's true. But can I run as Superman? And and I swear I fight crime at night. And if I get elected and it turns out I am not Superman and I can not stop bullets with my chest and I can't pick up women on the street and fly with them in the sky, <laughs> uh, do I have to give up that seat? So nothing about him is true that I give Republicans credit for making the statement. And I think McCarthy is right. You got to at least go through the process of the investigation. You can't let a reporter as good as they he or she may be. Decide a story and and people in Nassau County, even from his own party, make statements like they did. Uh, So, listen, I can't see George Santos lasting three more months. I can't, especially when his own party turns on him. But he has nowhere to go. He said, I will not resign. Uh, The thing that's going to get him is jail. And that would be the campaign violations, Mm -hmm. taking money uh, that uh, Mr. and Mrs. Johnson donated to him and paying his rent and paying for vacations and paying his sister's rent. Uh, so that, that that type thing, I think the legal issue could force him to do something. What I love to see is see Lee Zeldin move to Nassau County and get pr- primed up to run a special election and get him back in Congress. Well, he doesn't even have to move. You know, you only can live anywhere in the state. He can uh, stay right where he is. Did uh, I know that in Suffolk you don't County? Have to live where you're representing? Not for Congress. No, you can live uh, anywhere in uh, anywhere in the state of New York at the time of the election, and he wouldn't even he wouldn't even have to move. But I, I get the impression with Lee Zeldin that he's sort of over commuting to D.C. with having a family and 
everything. I think a perfect job for him would be something like Suffolk County Executive. Be a nice pay raise for him. You don't have to go to D.C. You get to hire a bunch of uh, a bunch of people, and you get to work with a, uh, a Republican legislature and actually get some stuff done. It's an open seat uh, this year, so uh, it's. I think that, that if I was giving him career advice, that's where I'd steer him. But uh, uh, people, I'm sure he's getting advice from smarter people than me. Hey, uh, Brian, you are a sports enthusiast. You're something of an expert when it comes to sports. We're heading into the football playoffs. Giants made the playoffs, but uh, most people don't have them um, making the Super Bowl this year. If you're picking, if you're handicapping the Super Bowl, uh, who do you think makes it? AFC, NFC, what does the Super Bowl matchup look like at this point? Well, I mean, it's hard to pick against the Bills. They're the hottest team in football. The emotions on their side. They have they have become America's team. Uh, growing up, I'm older than you, Frank. It was the Vikings were the team that got to the Super Bowl four times and couldn't win it. And then uh, high school, college, it was the Bills that got to the uh, Super Bowl four times and didn't win it. And the Broncos for a while got there three times and didn't win it. So when you go there and don't win, it becomes an albatross. And right now, the Bills might have the team to break that cycle. And everyone says the other team that could break it is Minnesota. I don't think so. I think it's going to be the Eagles. I think it's going to be, and I know Giant fans hate to hear this, yeah. but it's going to be the Eagles and it's going to be the Buffalo Bills uh, in the Super Bowl. And the Eagles don't, uh, you know, they got some injuries. Jalen Hurts came back. I thought the Giants looked great last week in a game they didn't have to win. But and I, with I no starters. The they didn't have any of their starters in that game yesterday, uh, last week. And at 22-16? That's a that's a great. Re- I think that's an excellent result considering they put out their starters uh, in a game they had to win against the Eagles and lost. The Eagles had to win that game to get the number one seed, and they had to win. And I'll tell you what, they were in the fight of the life for a guy with his first career start. So I think the Giants are not afraid of the Vikings this weekend. You know, a sixty-three yard field goal or sixty-two yard field goal beat them by three. And when the Giants walked off the field saying, "If that's the best team in the NFC, we're as good." And now they can't – if they had – you know, going in in the wild card, you're not going to be hosting most likely. So you know you're going away. They don't mind going to Minnesota. Controlled environment, whether, whether or not a factor. So look out, uh, look out for the Giants this week. I, I love what Ian O'Connor did in the New York Post. Sat down with Bill Parcell. Not sat down but called him and said, what do you think? He's like, these guys remind me of my guys. Uh, Brian Dable is, is totally himself. The guys respond to him. And whatever you do, don't change what you're doing in the postseason. And I love this. He said, what Dable has done is the key. You act tough with them, and they take it because they know you care about them. If a coach knows you care, like a news director or an owner, he could be tough with you. Because if you think that they're in your best interest and you get berated by that boss or that coach, you'll go, that guy's right. Well, you know what? I know he, I know he has my best interest. Parcells knew how to do that. And, and this guy knows how to do it. I was at the game in Jacksonville. And he went up to Saquon Barkley and screamed at him twice in front of the entire bench for not running out of bounds at the end of that game. And I go, wait, that's, that's your most valuable player. Normally people are afraid to yell at stars. They're going to call up their agents and want to get out next year. He's up for a contract. But Dable doesn't care. He's a little old school. And because he fundamentally has done something in that locker room you don't see anymore, he's won these multimillionaires over. I mean, it's going to be a fascinating playoff picture to watch. I read an article yesterday that this uh, past NFL season, 
I, I know it's an extra week this year, this season, but this NFL season had more close games, games decided uh, by a, a narrow, narrow margin than any NFL season in history. So uh, hopefully wow. that's uh, that bodes well for the playoffs as well. All right. Uh, radio, television and this weekend. What do you have in store for us, Brian? OK, I, I sit down with Rob Schneider. Uh, I'm going to sit down with him on Saturday night, uh, you know, the SNL legend. Oh. Uh, I'm going to tell you the key to happiness. They did a, a 50-year study studying all these families about who, you know, and find out who became a success, who didn't, who got divorced. And fundamentally, they came up with, they came up with, uh, with conclusions on what makes people happy. I have the, the, the conductors of that study on the show. I also have uh, Carl Rove, uh, so that'll be great. And we're going to look at Martin Luther King Day, uh, what he's meant, and debate it back and forth with two people who have different views of blacks in America today. So it's, it's going to be I, – I cannot wait to get started with this show. By the way, uh, if people are interested in um, learning more about uh, – um, you know, Frederick Douglass, who I think uh, this coming weekend and going into Martin Luther King Day is as uh, relevant a historical black oh, figure as yeah. there is. They should absolutely check out your book, which I've read, The President and the Freedom Fighter, which deals extensively with the relationship that uh, Frederick Douglass and Abraham Lincoln had with one another. It's an absolute, uh, absolute must read. Brian, it's always a treat to talk to you, my friend. Thank you. Hey, hey, Frank, just real quick on our show coming up, uh, you'll be asleep. Uh, maybe catch the last hour. Mark Thiessen, Douglas Murray, Carl Rove, uh, Bill Hammer from Buddha Judge, the epic fail, uh, down to uh, what is happening with, uh, with uh, Joe Biden and these uh, secret documents is going to be a big show. Uh, Brian Kilmeade, check him out. Radio, television. Chances are, if you're awake, there's somewhere that he's on broadcasting. <laughs> Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Frank. Take Go get care. it, Frank. Uh, 15 seconds of fame coming up in a moment. Be heard on any subject. 800-848-9222. That's 800-848-9222. Straight ahead. The Other Side of Midnight. Midnight.